Thanks for tuning in to Folk Music Notebook. If you'd like to help keep the music flowing, our tip jar can be found at paypal.me slash folkmusicnotebook. We thank you for your support. And welcome back to Traditions. I'm Ron Alesco, and uh, I am very excited to have this guest with us today. Um, you've heard her. I've played her music from her first two recordings on this program, and uh, last week we played a couple of cuts from uh, the new one. Uh, it's actually not officially released yet. Long to be, long, long time to be gone, <laughs> which is officially going to be released on August 26th at, uh, at a concert that's going to take place at St. Anne's Church, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but let me just read to you some of this woman's accomplishments. Uh, she's performed at numerous venues and festivals. Uh, she's been on radio, NPR, Tiny Desk, All Things Considered, Weekend Edition, Dolly Parton's America podcast. She's done residencies in Barbez in Brooklyn, um, performed at festivals like the Brooklyn Festival, Floyd Radio Show, Old Tone Roots Music Festival. Uh, she teaches both in-person and online banjo classes and workshops. She's taught at the Shokin Center's uh, uh, Southern Week, uh, old-time camp that's uh, been very popular there. And uh, she also teaches workshops at Handmade Music School in Floyd, Virginia, Jalopy School of Music in Brooklyn, and she's only 16 years old. Is that, did you have a birthday yet? Or is it true you're 16? Um, that's true. Yeah. Birthday's <laughs> coming up this summer though. So. Okay. Okay. Well, you, you, I, 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 you know, I gotta say is, uh, I've been doing this radio show since 1980 and I've been hearing so many of my peers and so many people in the folk community say, where is this music going to go? Where, where are young people coming? And, you burst on the scene here. Uh, this is your third album, and it's incredible. I mean, if, if you close your eyes and listen, you, you've got the feeling of someone who's been playing this music for 50, 60 years. Uh, and you started at a young age. I understand you started playing the ukulele when you were six years old. Is that how you first got into music? Yeah, I, I started playing the ukulele. Um, I was learning from this man named Shlomo Pesco, who is a... Um, an old-time musician and historian who lived mm -hmm. in Brooklyn, but um, I it was kind of a recommendation through a friend of a friend that I ended up learning from him, and he actually only taught old-time music. That was kind of his thing, and so that's kind of what I ended up learning without any like. So it wasn't like oh, let me learn some old-time music on the ukulele. <laughs> it was kind of like oh, let me learn some ukulele, and I guess it's old time. Um, but my parents didn't really know much about it. Um, my dad uh, is, is from Tennessee, but um, he, you know, old time kind of takes a greater degree of like immersion to kind of understand, you know, he's got that access to the bluegrass and country stuff that was happening when he was growing up. But um, um, yeah, anyways, that's, that's kind of how I got started. And then I ended up just continuing playing. Well, you mentioned immersion. I mean, you really immersed yourself in this music. And uh, I, I know you spent a lot of time in Kentucky. You've worked with some great people. You mentioned uh, uh, the late uh, Shlomo Vetsko and uh, John Cohen from the New Newport, New Lost City Ramblers. He was also a huge influence and others as well. What was it about the music that, that, that drew you in? I mean, you were taking class. I mean, I never, when, when my kids, when they were you know, young and I took them to classes, they, they never really 
uh, gravitated to it as much as someone like you. What was it about it that clicked that uh, made you want to go into it further? Yeah, I guess it's kind of an interesting question because I I don't remember very well getting into old time music. I just I remember I remember taking lessons and I remember the songs that we learned. Uh-huh. But I don't I, I I never associated it as something special or unique. It was just kind of like, oh, I like you know playing music and this is music. Yeah. Um, I mean I can I can sort of name those things that kind of draw me into the music now, but it's a little bit harder to um, pinpoint what um, led me to continue playing uh, yeah. at that age. I, I, I was uh, going through YouTube and I found a video from Shlomo Petsko, uh, the uh, <laughs> Uncle Shlomo's, uh, I forget what it was called, the children's party. And there was you, nine years old, uh, playing with them. And, and you, you, even then you really, uh, you could tell there was a feel for this music. Yeah, he hosted a lot of um, hoot nannies, which were kind of like just a recital for his students. But uh-huh. um, it was cool that, you know, got everyone kind of accustomed to like being on stage a little bit. Well, cool. you've you've become really accomplished, and uh, you've become a staple on the uh, the folk music scene here in New York. Um, mm. I, I love this new album. The album's called "Long Time to Be Gone." It's on Jalopy Records, and why don't we play a cut from it now? Uh, in fact, let's start with the first uh, song on here, uh, a little tune called "Jenny Put the Kettle On." And and I understand there's a little interesting story to the banjo that you're playing. That tune is on my the grandfather's banjo. Um... That banjo was given to me um, for my 15th birthday. My great uncle got a hold of it. It was up in his attic or something like that. And he was like, you guys want this? And we're like, heck yeah, we want that banjo. <laughs> so got that and kind of strung it up with some gut strings. And the head was kind of uh, broken and stuff. So we put a new head on it, got it all fitted up. It's still a little like... It's a little bit awkward to play a little bit, but I, I do like the tone that it gets in it. Um, yeah, it's special to me. It's kind of it's cool to have a little story behind your instrument like that. Yeah. Well, let's take a listen to uh, a little tune that you played on it. Jenny put the kettle on. Here's Nora Brown.
band, that was the tune Jenny Put the Kettle On, performed by Nora Brown. It's on her new album, Long Time to Be Gone. And she's our special guest today on Traditions. Uh, and that was your, your grandfather's banjo, as you mentioned before. That, that was like from the uh, 1800s, uh, mid-1800s initially, or late 1800s? Uh, yeah, late 1800s, I, I believe so. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, I it um, a little tag on the back. I think it says like eighteen eighty eight. Wow. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, it's a kind of it's right around when like banjos were starting to get like manufactured and um, that process was becoming yeah uh, something that was mechanical. Yeah. Um, People were starting to play them in the parlor. They were selling them back then. Right, as, right, uh, right. Exactly. Make music I'm sure that was a parlor banjo. I think. Right. <laughs> well, it sounds great in your hands. You really did a nice job on that. Um, I, I, I listened to this album. This is your, your third album. And sonically, you've always had different challenges. I, you've, I don't think you've actually been in a real studio when you've recorded your three <laughs> albums. Uh, the second album was a magnificent album that uh, you recorded in a tunnel. Uh, in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. So um, my parents are in the cheese business, um, mm -hmm. in cheese aging. So we have these tunnels that are used to age and wash wash fresh cheese and get it ready for eating. Mm -hmm. And th there's a couple empty tunnels that uh, there was. I, we hosted a little music series in there for a while. But yeah, it was like right in the height of COVID time when it wasn't really possible to like travel to a studio or sure. something like that so it seemed like it lined up because our friends uh our friend john from big tone records was coming through town to record some jalopy artists and it seemed like it would be the perfect little lineup there to make that happen in the caves although we did discover that it made it actually a lot harder to <laughs> um mix and master the recordings but in the end it was it was kind of it was a cool challenge and i think yeah. that kind of it worked out in a way. Yeah, yeah. I noticed in the liner notes there was a mention that uh, that some of the tunes that you recorded, you know, didn't really come out the way you wanted. And I think some you probably saved for this this new album, where you recorded it at St. Anne's Church in Brooklyn, the home of the uh, the Brooklyn Folk Festival. Yes, now, yes. There's also challenges there, but I guess it's a little more controlled because there's a lot of different spaces in the church. Right, right. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. That was kind of a big part of this new album is that it was and a reason why it kind of it's come out pretty close to sidetrack my engine um is because a lot of my like quieter solo banjo tracks kind of got lost in some of the sound situations for mm -hmm. my last album so this was kind of a take two on a couple of those uh tracks and yeah i was recording in saint anne's church which is this beautiful historic um church yeah home of the broken folk festival and also is actually where i'll have my record release there too but uh -huh. um yeah a big part of the album was kind of like walking around and looking in different spots setting up in different spots and trying to see where sounds where sounds changed and where it sounded cool um and so a lot of the the tracks are all recorded in like different locations um a lot of them were under this kind of alcove. If anyone's ever been to the Brooklyn Folk Fest or been to St. Anne's Church, there's like these alcoves on e either side of like the podium, the front stage, and there's pews under there as well. But there's like this little platform that's right by the front on either side of the podium. And a lot of stuff was right in there. It kind of had this cool, you know, having a ceiling close by keeps that sound like 
right up in your face, which is kind of nice for the performer. You know, you can really hear yourself very well, but it also like captured a lot of the room um, with like some room mics kind of around the place. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of always happening. Yeah. It's interesting because it, you know, a banjo and, and with the way you're doing it, it's it's such a personal, intimate sound uh, to to realize that you're able to make that happen in such a big setting like a, like, like the church. Yeah, uh, it I really agree. comes across. I guess, I guess it's also comfortable for you because you've played the Brooklyn Festival a number of times and even attended it. I understand even earlier. So I guess there's a feeling of of comfort being in in a place like that when you record this album. Yeah, 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 for sure. And a lot of that intimate sounds also comes from the great work of Joe Bass from Studio 808 um, who recorded this album and mixed it. Mm -hmm. And um, he's got a really a great ear for old time music and always seems to know exactly the sound I'm looking for. I also understand Eli Smith was um, uh, involved in the in the album. I believe yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Eli Smith was around, kind of offering his advice and thoughts and. Um, it was really cool to be able to work with him and also, yeah. also Joe. He's another guiding light on the uh, the folk scene in, in Brooklyn. Oh, uh, 100%. So, so much. I, mean, I think the, the Brooklyn Folk Festival, is, is he's responsible for it. Yes, he, it would not happen without him. All right. Well, I you know I'm so encouraged about Brooklyn. Um, you know, being an old timer like myself, you know, everybody used to think of uh, folk music in Greenwich Village and Folk City and those little clubs, but... What's happened at places like Jalopy and Barbez and 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 uh, St. Anne's Church has really created a unique scene in in Brooklyn. There are so many young artists like yourself that are that are picking this music up. Um, it's a, yeah. it's a whole different kind of community. I guess you're you were welcomed into it at a young age. Did you, did you feel comfortable in playing with some of these other folks who've been around for a while? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely really, really lucky to have places like Jalopy, who um, has such a strong, welcoming community, um, and also, you know, very lucky to get involved with that from a young age. And that's mostly due to Shlomo's teaching and how um, present he was at Jalopy and other, like, uh, small folk folk venue yeah. community areas around, around Brooklyn. Um, and yeah, it's been really cool. You you know, you meet people that you collaborate with and um, you have a space where you can try things out and, right. and grow. You know, what, what I love also about your music, um, I mean, you really honor the tradition. I mean, you, you we've mentioned, and I'll talk about this a little bit more about, you know, your travels to Kentucky, but you do more than just do an imitation of some of these old records. You really add your own personality into it. Um, you know, it comes across as fresh, yet something that really honors what the past has been. And I particularly like your vocals. Um, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of artists that really try to sound like they're from Appalachia and, and, and try to change their voice. But I think yours comes out sounding more natural. And you have a feel for the music uh, and the song. You're really telling a story i mean when i hear a 16 year old singing about rye whiskey uh you know that's uh that's a bit unusual but you you really you're able to come across it were, were people like shlomo or others that helped you with the vocal training or how did you get your style um yeah well first thanks for thanks for saying that i really that's that's something that's very important to me and also important in in the old time music tradition is that kind of expression um or emulation with self-expression. So it's kind of right. like you're taking and respecting the 
work of those who came before you, but also, you know, in um, adding a little bit of your own twist to that. But, it, you know, often it's it's not intentional. You know, you, you mm-hmm. learn music and it's not like you're referring to a piece of paper every time you try to play it. Um, so it's, it's bound to change. And... Um, yeah, I actually, in terms of my singing stuff, I, I, well, I've had a couple of like singing teachers when I was um, younger. One being um, Allie Deneen, who's a, a, a singer and a songwriter, and really, really great songwriter. She's also part of the Jalopy community. But I also kind of, I worked a little bit with Alice Gerard before my first album, Cinnamon Tree, came out, um, and she, she really helped me work through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. It's like, it's often, and I think when I was a lot younger, I often like put on a little bit of like a Southern drawl to my singing, <laughs> which I, people would be like, Nora, why are you singing like that? And I was like, right. what am I, I'm not singing like anything. Like it was, it's, you know, when you're like listening to a lot of that, um, style of music, it's kind of hard to like notice because you're kind of just imitating what you hear, you know? Um, and Alice and, um, and Allie and, uh, really helped kind of me help mm-hmm. me sort of hear myself a little bit better and kind of find find my voice i know that's kind of a little bit of a cheesy term but yeah <laughs> well well let's let's hear that voice on on one of the one of the tunes that's on this album um how about little satchel uh, yeah. you, you want to tell us about this song why why you chose this one yeah well um i i learned this kind of from the playing of contemporary banjo player riley boggess who's from the Round Peak area of North Carolina, and Riley like spent a lot of time with all those old guys from that area, like Tommy Jarrell and and Fred Cockrum, and uh, so I also kind of um, learned this from kind of the OG field recording of Fred Cockrum playing this tune. That was recorded by um, John Cohen for the album High Atmosphere. Um, but anyways, kind of using both of those versions, I kind of melded together what I what I do but um yeah it's a it's a cool tune it's got this like little repetitive instrumental part that kind of happens after the verse which I really like it's not the full melody but just this little phrase that fits in there Hmm. um and it's super flexible you can kind of move it around different parts of the song um it was kind of a little tricky to learn it's got some funky little strumming patterns but um yeah it's a really cool tune really beautiful Yeah, I highly recommend listening to the source recording and also to Riley playing the tune.
Little Satchel, a cut from the new album Long Time to Be Gone on Jalopy Records, performed by Nora Brown, who's with us today. Um, Nora, you were talking before about uh, you know, where you learned the songs from recordings, but also from your travels. Uh, you, you've done what a lot of the people in the folk revival used to do. Not only was it just listening to an album, uh, you went down to the source and you really soaked up the culture as well as the music and learned from people that were carrying on these traditions. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it's it's very important especially that I'm not from Appalachia, but uh that that I at least know what I'm playing and kind of the stories behind the songs that I do and it's also, you know, something that kind of connects me a little bit closer to old-time music. It's like having experiences kind of talking and like learning from people who um grew up with the music and really it's a very strong part of their culture. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you have those stories, have those experiences, those come to mind when you play these songs and it kind of, it gives you this, this connection with the, with the music that you play. And that's something that um, I'm really lucky to have. I mean, I feel like, I feel very lucky to like have, have been able to have those experiences that um, give me that closer connection to the music. Um, Mm -hmm. I also, yeah, I just generally think it's important, you know, because it's not my culture to, to be educated on that kind of stuff. It's very important. And it's also nice that you're now teaching others. Uh, I hate to keep bringing up your age, but I mean, let's face it, 16 years old to be playing like this and uh, to have this knowledge is just, uh, it's just so amazing. But it, you're, you're now sharing it. And I think that's, that's wonderful. Um, how did the teaching part come to be? Uh, you know, to places like Ashokan, how did, uh, how did you decide, okay, now, now I can share this. Yeah, well, it was it wasn't so much now. I there wasn't an exact moment, but I do I did really get into teaching at, during COVID because I wasn't playing shows, so I started just doing online lessons and stuff. But I think when I taught into Shokin, that was actually before it was like uh, the summer of 2019, and um, that was really cool. I really um, valued that experience. Teaching is rewarding, but you know, it's also it's it can be like it can be pretty tricky, but. It was it was really awesome teaching there. I have mm-hmm. good memories. Um, one thing that's kind of cool is to kind of like, it really helps you learn the music that you play. When you have to teach something to someone, you break down each little bit and piece, and you mm-hmm. have to like actually understand what you're doing. A lot of times, I don't really take the time to like do that when I'm just playing the banjo. I'm kind of just like letting whatever happened happened and I'm just playing the tune but once somebody asks like how did you do that you know that that kind of makes you have to like go through your motions and really understand what you're doing and that is like super valuable when you're like then when you play that song again later you have a completely like deeper perspective on uh what what your hands are doing yeah yeah I I noticed the song we uh the tune we played earlier Jenny put the kettle on um, I think the, the liner notes mentions a story about when you were teaching at a, at a banjo camp and how that song came to be. It was like one person doing the left hand, the other doing the right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of these tunes on here I got from the um, playing of Joe Cosmo, who's a friend of mine. He's a great, great fiddler and banjo player and based out of Durham. Uh, and I... I think he's got he's actually got some music coming out later this summer too but um so yeah definitely go check him out yeah so that was actually at that Ashokan camp but sometimes it's a fun thing to do where somebody plays the left hand somebody plays the right hand of an instrument mm-hmm. and we we're kind of doing that and 
that ended up being the song we were playing, which I didn't know yet, but then I kind of delved into it a little bit more. Um, and that's a Virgil Anderson tune. Um, and yeah, Virgil's one of my, my great favorite, uh-huh. favorite banjo players. It, it, it's there. great how many different kinds of sources and, and teachers that you've had. Uh, we mentioned before the late John Cohen from the, the New Lost City Ramblers. He was quite an influence on you as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, miss, miss that guy a lot. He was yeah. really, really amazing, amazing person. But um, yeah, good friend. But um, yeah, so I'd go up to visit John sometimes. He, he was just a little bit upstate out of the city. I'd sit down with him and we'd like, it was kind of amazing to me that he wasn't like bored of any of the stuff that he had done his entire life. You know, he's always like putting on some old recording that maybe like he recorded back in the day and he's like, I just can't get this part. I'm trying to learn it on banjo. I just can't get this part. Let's go through it. And he introduced me to new artists and recordings and um, be like, oh, this would, you should learn this. You should learn that, whatever. Um, and it was always like really, really cool to talk with him because, you know, he'd, just he'd visited so many people and talked and had all these experiences that um, were like just so cool to like hear about and like it it like just knowing that these people existed actually because you were talking to somebody who talked to them like is just yeah really cool. And, and he, uh, I guess, lent you a banjo that appears on this album, which is now I believe. Uh, it was at the Library of Congress, I know. I think it's, it's in their collection. Yeah, yeah. That We, we dropped that off the other, like, a couple months ago. But, um, oh. yeah, so that, that banjo was played by Roscoe Halcombe. Um, for those who don't know, Roscoe's a banjo player from Daisy, Kentucky. Um, and he he toured a lot with the New, New Lost City Ramblers, and often when he'd, like, travel, he wouldn't bring a banjo. And so John would have that one for him. So he recorded a lot of music on there, played a lot of music on that banjo. And... Yeah, I ended up getting hold of it because I was going to play it at the Brooklyn Folk Festival. Then that got canceled due to COVID. So I just held on to it for a while. And it's now is in the Library of Congress. But I did I did have it for this that session. And there's I think there's a couple things that are that are on there, maybe one or two. Yeah, uh, there's one cut in particular, which I'd like to play now, if you don't mind. Um, yes. It's one of my favorite cuts of the album, Little Birdie and Rye Whiskey. Um, how did this cut come to be? Um, well, yeah, so that's, it's a little medley there that, you know, I, that's kind of in a weird banjo tuning that I don't know a lot of songs and I actually really only know those two songs, but they happen to kind of fit well together. Um, Little Birdie comes from the playing of Roscoe Halcom and Rye Whiskey, that's the tune that I got from Lee Sexton and Lee was a banjo player from Line Fort, Kentucky, who, who is someone that I visited. Yeah, actually, Roscoe and Lee were related. They were cousins, hmm. um, which is just a fun fact. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 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 that's the story. Thank you. 
That's a medley of Little Birdie and Rye Whiskey, a cut from uh, uh, Nora Brown's brand new album, Long Time to Be Gone. It will be uh, released on August 26th. There's going to be a concert at St. Anne's Church in Brooklyn. Uh, St. Anne's Church is also the home of the Brooklyn Folk Festival. And, and you've got a busy summer ahead of you. Um, I understand you're going to the Czech Republic next week? Yes, that's correct. Uh-huh. So that, there's a festival over there that... Um, it's called Folk Holidays that I'm really excited to be a part of. I mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, very exciting. That would be my first international venture there. Oh, very um, nice. Or for to play a show, to play music. Right. Um, but, um, yeah. And you're also going to be at the Philadelphia Folk Festival this year on August 20th. Yes, uh, that's correct. I'm going to be with my buddy Stephanie Coleman. Um, uh-huh. uh, she's So we're going to do kind of a little mini tour there. Um and that we're going to go up the East Coast, up to Canada. But yeah, yeah, huh. <laughs> that's going to be cool. You also got the Guthrie Center in September. Uh, and uh, you're going to end up September with the Americana Fest in Nashville. So quite a few other gigs in there, too. You're going to be at Club Passim and Portsmouth Music Hall. So I guess folks can check your website. What, what is your website again? My website is norabrownmusic.com. Um, you can definitely see those things on there. Uh-huh. Except I, I hate that website. It's 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 ugly. But we're working on it. We're working on it. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, it does have the information. It's just a little cluttered for my mm-hmm. taste. Um, <laughs> yeah, Takes but anyways, <laughs> yeah. One of the yeah my the highlight though, or one of the highlights of my summer though will be my record release, which is August twenty sixth, Saint Anne's yeah. Church, and my buddy Stephanie Coleman, Jackson Lynch, and Hannah Reed are going to be there. Um, and we're gonna all going to play some music. Oh, that's uh, wonderful. So that's cool. 
Now, are, are, are you still in high school or where, where are you in your education? Yeah, so I'm going into my senior year this this coming year. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. How, how do your friends feel about this? I mean, I, 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 I raised two kids and I know their musical tastes were a lot different than mine. And you, you've gotten into a field that, uh, you know, it's not really mainstream yet. But I think folks like you are giving it giving it some hope. But I, I, do they, they know what you're doing? And uh, do, do you have any uh, feedback from them? Um, well, yeah, people ask me that question kind of a lot. But it's 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 interesting because I, 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 I mean, I feel like, you know, obviously it's a little bit um, surprising or kind of an odd thing to do to play old-time banjo. And often it's like... It still takes a little explaining to mm-hmm. kind of people to understand what yeah. that means. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's well, it's, it, not a, it's not much of a challenge or um, anything interesting to say on that. But, right. yeah, it, it is, you know, you do, like, when people find out about that, I'm kind of like, Oh, now I gotta kind of talk about what that is. So well, that's that's great. You're you're spreading the word. You're teaching people there too. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. It's good. I I really enjoy kind of like introducing people to old time right. music and um, it's cool. So so so, what are your plans for the future? Uh, you mentioned you're a senior in high school. You have college plans. You're going to just go into music full time. What do you think you're going to be doing? Yeah, well, I plan to go to college, but um, I'm I'm keeping my options open. Not right. sure exactly what's in the future, but um, I think you know I probably probably not going to be like touring during the school year, but um, mm. or like playing shows during the school year. But yeah, right. in the summer, I'll I'll be active on that front. I think that's what I envision as of now. But mm. you know, all very very flexible up for drastic change keep your options open like you said that's 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 the thing (laughs) um the music that you've been recording has been primarily um you know tunes and songs that you've learned have you ever given thought as a songwriter is that something that you're even interested in and making your own tunes um yeah yeah i i am interested in songwriting i don't do a lot of it but um Mm -hmm. i would like to i when i hear good songwriting i feel very inspired I'm like oh my god I want to do that I want to do that but then once I never really sit down to do it I'm a little afraid but um yeah it is it is it is really cool I really admire people who um write their music, their music. well we admire you for everything that you've done so far and yeah. I, I I'm sure you're sick of people talking about your age but you know it's it's really something that uh um, it makes folks like me, uh, you know, a, a couple of years older than you, <laughs> but you know, it's encouraging because you know we always feel like, you know, where's this music going? Um, who's going to pick it up after us? And um, you know, you, people like you give us hope. So whatever your options are for the future, I hope music is is going to be a big part of it, and uh, you'll keep bringing us some new things, some exciting things, and um, keep teaching us. Yeah. Uh, Nora, it's, it's been such a delight to talk to you today, and I hope yes, uh, one of these Ron. days when we, we can get you in our studio in, uh, in New Jersey. Uh, but before we leave, I want to play one more song, uh, a little tune that uh, is known as Coal Creek March. How did you choose this one for the album? Well, yeah, so a lot of the tunes that this album is comprised of is kind of just a little snapshot of kind of what I've been playing recently. And um, Coal Creek March is a cool one. Uh, it's, there's a lot of tunes with the words Coal Creek 
and and March, but let's focus on the Coal Creek there. There's there's lots of tunes that have that are associated with Coal Creek, the Coal Creek mining um, camp. And that's because there's like a number of mining disasters that happened there, but there was also this big protest that happened where um, basically there was there was felon labor that was being used, and so miners striked and they set fire to a lot of things. They there was a lot. There was it was a big revolt, and I think that I'm pretty sure that it was like successful in a way. Um, and I think that that this that's what this one is about because it's called Cold Creek March. But you'll hear that name come up in a lot of uh, traditional tunes. Right. And yeah, this is one that I got from playing of Roscoe Halcom. Though there are a lot of others that also do the tune, um, like Pete Steele is a good example. Yeah. Right. Well, we're gonna go out with that today. So. Nora, again, thank you so much for being here today. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in uh, August 26th in Brooklyn, St. Anne's Church. Good luck with the release party. And I hope a lot of our listeners uh, will be checking out your website, Jalopy yeah. Records, new album, <laughs> Long Time to Be Gone. And Thanks, Ron. Yeah. Um, and thanks, thanks to the listeners. Okay. Well, let's take a listen now to Coal Creek March from Nora Brown. Thanks for tuning into Folk Music Notebook. If you'd like to help keep the music flowing, our tip jar can be found at paypal.me/folkmusicnotebook. We thank you for your support.